Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 137, and today we'll be talking about Steven vs. Amethyst. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. You know, GC, this episode would probably be a contender for the t- the number one spot of favorite episode in Steven Universe if it weren't for Mindful Education. Hmm. Now, as much as I like uh, Steven versus Amethyst, it's never going to be in any, oh my gosh, that's totally one of my favorites lists for me. It was for me. I don't know. Like, I wish I would have had more time between Mindful Education and Steven versus Amethyst so I could truly appreciate the episode, but... See, I, I really like it. There's just no emotional connection to it there. I do, however, really love the moment after Steven's talking to Pearl and she's saying how proud she is of him, then wait a minute, where's Amethyst? And then she she and Garnet look up when Amethyst calls out to them and is like, whoa, I love that moment. Yeah, that moment, like, this whole episode gives me just anxiety. <laughs> like, constantly. Like, the the whole tension between it. Like, it's just this, I don't know. I don't know, I think I just, like, identify with Amethyst too much at some point, and it's just, I feel her, you know? Like, no one likes to have the little sibling be better than them, like, whether you (laughs) want to or not, a lot of people will base their, like, self-worth on how good they are for their age, and if someone younger than them is better than them, like, that really sucks. Yeah. Especially for Amethyst, when we already know that she sucks relative to what she's supposed to be. That's the one thing she can't be, after all. Well, she's pretty awesome for what she ended up being, I think. I think for a tiny little court, she turned out to be quite a, a good fighter. Like, she may not have, you know, raw brute strength, but she has, like, tactics and strategy and technique. She may have the body of a ruby, but she has the spirit of a quartz. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, could Rose Quartz do the quartz roll, the the spin dash. Oh, that would I be want like the see... number one reason to see a flashback to the gym war. Because Steven, I mean, like him doing a spin dash, like that would be adorable. But Rose is 10 feet tall and half of her body volume is hair. <laughs> I want to see her spinning. I want to see her use her hair locks as weapons, like tentacles or something. Shapeshift the end of her hair locks into knives. Yeah, like, send them out like snakes from a Gorgon's head. I don't think, I, I don't know, I think gem hair is very much an aesthetic thing. Like, their clothes, it's not something yeah, like... Yeah, their, their whole body could be whatever they want it to be. That includes their hair. I mean, I guess, but there's a limit to what they can shapeshift into? I don't know. That's a whole different conversation on what the nature of Jem's body is, because their clothes are obviously of a different class than their bodies, because they can shapeshift their clothes... Uh, much Very easier. Easily. Yeah, like all, all the shape-shifting we've seen Pearl do is in her clothes. But I do have a question about Amethyst's egg salad in this episode. Like, do garbage disposals work like that? <laughs> I hate egg salads, so that's, like, hilarious to me. But, yeah, I love, I, I, like, I think something that I really identified with in Amethyst was just, um, her coping mechanism is being just destructive and obnoxious. <laughs> and then Steven is taking some lessons from back in Tiger Millionaire, where 
Garnet and Pearl took some of the most obvious dives ever, so Steven decides to, you know, put in his entry for most obvious dive in the history of anything. <laughs> I love it. I love how Steven has a character trait of just being an awful liar. Because in cartoons, you tend to have characters that, that lie all the time, and they're really bad at it. Like, they don't want to trick the audience. Because what are you going to do? You're yeah. acting. And acting is, in a sense, lying. You're lying about lying. So it's it's weird, and kids' cartoons always have really obvious liars for that reason. But Steven Universe, I mean, they, they have convincing liars. I mean, convincing sometimes to the characters and convincing to the audience, like we saw with um, Navy. But... <laughs> Yeah, I love how Steven and also Pearl are just terrible liars. Terrible, terrible liars. I love it. Punctuality, perseverance, positivity. The keys to success. <laughs> I love Pearl, too. She's she's just like that wonderful, really, not just... I mean, the way she says Pearl Prize Pouch, that is another wonderful shot there. I love how Steven picks up on her behavior, like her little mannerisms and her attitude. Like, Steven mirrors that very closely, and I just like that. I like There's how... some pretty good stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I yeah, I love, I love how Steven is being influenced, like his behavior, he's picking up the mannerisms from, you know, the mm -hmm. gems who are raising him. And I love, I think, one an underappreciated moment that I just really adore was Stephen high-fiving himself yeah. after Amethyst didn't. Like, I love that. Classic Stephen. Like, he's just the little dude, even though he's got a lot of identity issues. Like, he's bursting with a lot of self-confidence that we all should aspire to have. Like, he's a little positive boy. Mm. But again, positivity. <laughs> Gotta get them pearl points. Yeah, he's, he's precious. But, um, yeah, I think it was ages and ages and ages ago, not probably towards the beginning of the second season, you know, right after the that first bomb, people were really starting to kind of key in on the idea of Stephen and Amethyst having a unique connection that the other gems would not share about Stephen. And a lot of people were going along the lines of both of them are not quite gem, but not human either. Like, Amethyst is very much more involved with human stuff than the other crystal gems are, but and she doesn't really fit in with them either. So that was kind of the, the trail that people were going for on how they would relate, but them relating on being the worst crystal gems <laughs> is also something. I don't think that anyone was really seeing, but I really do appreciate that it went in that direction. And I would like to see in the future them both kind of... Oh no, they already kind of did with the wrestling episode. Yeah, I think we kind of took it for granted with Steven being the weak one back then. Now that he's finally getting some combat capabilities, now it's an issue. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see how these gems build their characters and how they've changed over time and how we can kind of see a window into who they've become after Rose uh, becoming Steven and all that. like. Yeah, I I want to see Garnet in her prime because we'll see when she beats Bismuth. They have some crazy war stories, and I know Garnet is very very strong still in the show's time period. But she's only like a really strong court soldier, and back according to Bismuth, she she was able to take down like a dozen court soldiers at once, no problem. 
Well, D- Jasper is no ordinary court soldier. Like, think the court well, that's, soldiers that's, like that's the... why I give Garnet as really strong court soldier. She's strong enough to fight against, like, the ultimate courts, but can't beat the ultimate courts. So she's just a really strong courts. Yes, I think she would definitely give the Phenethists something to worry about if they had to take her on. But, um, yeah, it's just, hmm, the kind of the combat capabilities of all the Crystal Gems, because I remember previously, like, no one really knew exactly what the Crystal Gems' abilities were, like, when they will give out for, um, Getting injured is a little bit vague, as well as mm-hmm. a bunch of their other abilities. And one ability that we now have very solidified is how fast they can run. Because people were originally, like, just straight out assuming that gyms could run as fast as a car. Which, um, turns out not to be true. They can run about as fast, if not maybe a little bit faster than a person. Although they definitely would have the endurance to outrun a person. Yeah, of course, Amethyst can spin dash if she wants to go really, really fast. Yeah, that's interesting. She could have completely... Sp- what, did Pearl specifically say foot race? Because I don't think she did. I don't think she did. I think it was just all about speed. But she has to come out to high-five the Pearl. The hollow Pearl. Well, imagine on the way there and back. Like, after the first high-five, she could have probably... I don't know. Doing the, the complete U-turn might have been difficult, but... Yeah, you saw how wide her turn circle was when she made the first pass at Steven in their fight. Yeah, I guess she could have spun or did spun dashed, <laughs> spin dashed at um, at the pearl at the last, the last lap, like when she was turning around and been really good at aiming. I'm not sure that those training losses that she took to Stephen were even really all that fair because, like, she did what she was told the in the dodged the. Spears? She dodged the spears, and Steven accidentally reflected one. If Amethyst wanted, she probably could have spun Dash over and took out all yeah, four of them. Yeah, yeah, I think that first, or that, yeah, that first combat thing, dodge the spears, was not fair. Like, the, it wasn't about, you know, taking out the other pearl. And then she was just completely out of her head in the, in the also, third match. And also, Steven is a defense courts. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he's he got, his shield is his whole thing in his bubble. Like, dodge the spears is very much skewed in his favor. Mm-hmm. Well, these are his training programs. Yeah, true. So, yeah, Pearl did probably make them, or build them around Steven. Hmm. Yeah, I think a, a more amethyst-skewed thing would have been, like... You know, retrieve these objects without leaving this circle. Yeah, that would like, be whip accuracy. Let's see Steven do that with his boomerang shield. Or to like, or to like herd some pearls into a certain spot, or keep them at a distance. Yeah. But yeah, like, hmm, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And obviously, Amethyst was not doing very well because she was already feeling pretty crappy. Yeah, when when she was just slashing out of that hollow pearl, it's like not even moving. Yeah, she it, was just it doesn't have to dodge at all. That was a an emotional attack. Like she could have done a lot of a lot better in um handling that. I want to say this though, uh, going back to the Lonely Blade video game, which I want, by the way, <laughs> built only for the GameCube, no other console. Yeah, can I just say how much I love the name Outgoing Fist? I want to learn more about Outgoing Fist. He has a great name. Yeah, I want the whole Lonely Blade canonical universe. 
to be. Yeah, like that, that they could they could make uh, they could make the Lonely Blade movies as full length direct to DVD. I would love because obviously Steven, you know, got a lot of his video game consoles from his dad. Hence, you know, it's the past the twenty tens, and he still has a GameCube. But um, <laughs> I would love to see some retro games made for the GameCube because I feel hmm. like you know old Bessie is just gathering dust. Well, we are getting our Save the Light on PS4 at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And that's basically Paper Mario right there. I wonder if they'll do, like, a little bit, because, you know, Greg has all his money. He'll get Steven one of the next-gen consoles, and Steven's just not having it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> and I like and I, I like how they didn't even go with, like, you know, this is a vague Nintendo-ish console. It was like, this is a GameCube. It's even the, yeah. the GameCube purple. And it's even called the Dolphin, which is what it was called back before it was given the official GameCube name. Yeah, and the the buttons are the right color and everything. Yep, it, it, it is a GameCube, just like in the Heaven Beetles Temple, that was a Sega Genesis. <laughs> or Mega Drive, I guess we're calling it these days. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because um, that's definitely a jab at the older viewers. Like, there's no, there's not going to be any, you know target audience children watching the show who can actually like who will know what that console is at least um from first-hand experience i mean think about how old rebecca sugar and yeah. the rest of the crew universe are i think we've talked about these are this the consoles before. they had when they were little kids yeah the how this the how steven universe is definitely a show made by um people in their 20s and 30s like, the shows that were popular when they were kids are very much influenced and referenced there. And um, uh, I don't think Mr. Belvedere um, was popular back when any of them were kids, and he had some influence on Little Butler. <laughs> well, I think everyone's seen those. I hope I pronounced that right. The Disney sitcoms. All those Disney sitcoms, that just screams Little Butler. It was Mr. Belvedere and one other show that inspired Little Butler. Um... The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Like, I'm talking... I'm I don't saying, think so. That was the time. And you know, and I think, like, Adventure Time as well has that kind of... That thing going on, how it's not embracing the the true modernality of it all, but um, it's definitely got a lot of those callbacks, like the kind of culture and influences, like you can tell. But, yeah, so getting getting to a little bit of the fight with the, the spikes... On the sh- on the shield bubble, which I don't think have been replicated again, have they? I think they have. I think they definitely have, but only once after. I'm pretty sure mm. they have, but I can't remember. I mean, I'm just I'm just waiting for them to be used offensively. It was used um, with Ruby and bubbled, I think. But anyway, I'm just waiting for Amethyst and Steven to do the special delivery where first I smack you with this flail head and then you have an angry quartz sitting inside that bubble waiting for you. Oh yeah, that's interesting how Steven could take the place of Amethyst's flail head. Yeah, that would be a very similar move to how Steven was slammed into the ground by Amethyst in that fight. Yep, except on uh, on some poor unsuspecting Jasper's head. Up, uh, yes, he does do it in Bismuth briefly. Boy, did I tell you. I don't know for what purpose, but he does do it. Bottom line is, this isn't Amethyst swinging him like a wrecking ball. 
<laughs> I would I would love to see that. I wonder what fusion we could get her to voice. I just I have a very sweet spot for things getting swung into other things. Maybe maybe they could do that as in the Wreck It Ralph crossover. Wreck It Ralph tries to sign up as the courts, but the homeworld won't do it until they uh until they're forced to implement a affirmative action program. <laughs> Wreck It Ralph does actually look a lot like the yes the art for you already said yes like Jasper um the the early on art Jasper did she looked different and then meanwhile you have Fix It Felix hanging out with the Bismuths yeah Wreck It Ralph looks looks like the um shadow of that one gem in the promo the new bomb promo mm-hmm. maybe it is Ralph. Like, on one hand, I'm excited for the future because Steven Universe, but on the other hand, my finals are coming up, and I am hmm. in no way prepared. Anyway. Uh, but, I, I don't know. <sighs> Steven, Amethyst fighting over who's the worst. The the drop from the sky is impressive, though. This He face tanks all yeah, that. Yeah, he, all that he creates a nice little big Steven crater. Into that ground. Remember when um, Garnet and Amethyst and Steven were playing Steven Tag, and <laughs> Garnet slam dunks Amethyst into the sand. Yep. yep. Like at first we thought, you know, if there'd been real Steven, like Garnet would never be that rough with Steven. It could kill him, and now it's just like, oh, probably not. Yeah. He's <laughs> a tough little boy. Steven's one tough cookie. <laughs> oh, but. Oh, uh, oh! I mean, we always knew Steven was tough. I mean, even back in Coach Steven, that uh, that rock made a much smaller wound on his head than it really should have. Yeah, that was that rock was the size of like it was um, a big rock, big rock moving at a fairly good speed. And Steven, I mean, Steven's like way overcompensating with the bandage because it didn't really hurt him that much. Yeah, that was, and I mean, like. Despite it not cutting into his head, like, that would have been a significant concussion, if not brain hemorrhage, if not cracked skull. So. So Steven's always been tough. I mean, even if we, even if we say that, well, how far he threw the desert glass in Steven's lion was just, uh, just a contrivance for the purposes of the episode, you still gotta say that, uh, they meant for him to be shown as tough in Coach Steven. Yeah, and that also um, proves my theory that gems are incredibly resilient to blunt force trauma. Oh, yeah, that's that's always how they've been portrayed. Poor Garnet, she really needs a sword. <laughs> that is true. I mean, Bismuth was right. Her ruby is showing. <laughs> I think punching is just so much more satisfying. Ah, uh, but yeah. So do you have do you have anything else to say about Stephen versus Amethyst? I'm I'm waiting for the Lonely Blade movies myself. You know, after they finish with the WWE crossover with Tiger Philanthropist and the Notorious Order of Wrestling Haters. Yes, I do like the reoccurring thing that courts are just inherently cat-like. Uh, I don't know. They're they're portrayed as pretty dog-like, and they corrupt into dogs. I think they corrupted more to like. Well, I mean, they're gem monsters, but they they look. I mean, they definitely be they definitely behave like pack animals, like a dog. How? Do you see the way they were all congregating with each other in the? They were all. There were two of them. No, in what's it called? 
in the zoo. You're right. Well, they could be like lions. Mm, maybe. Maybe, but where where would we get an association of a lion with any gem, Sophia? <laughs> What's sad is my first thought that popped through my mind was Jasper. Because when people, you know, there's tons of people. The mane! I know. But they got that big fluffy hair. Like, that's... That is that is very impressive hair they have. So if they want to, I mean, lions are basically like better dogs. They're like dogs, but they're cats. And that makes lions superior. Yeah, I'd still rather have a dog in my house than a lion. Like, I adore lions, and if I had to die, it would be being mauled by a lion. But, um, yeah, I'd rather have a dog in my house than a lion. There, There is a thing to be said in favor of domestication. Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> and also, sheer size. Yeah, lions are probably really expensive to feed. I mean, lion does his own thing, though, most of the time. Well, see, what concerns me is that the reason that big cats are so dangerous to own is not necessarily because they're more aggressive. I mean, they can be, but it's more because they're 500-pound cats. And <laughs> your little kitty cat, you know, like, you pet its tummy and it goes to scratch at your hand, yeah, a lion would rip off your face. <laughs> and instead of hunting, you know, songbirds, they're um, taking down the neighborhood dogs. Like, <laughs> Hey, there are some neighborhoods where we could use that. <laughs> right in my home. Thank you. But, um... <laughs> uh. So, final thoughts about Stephen versus Amethyst? Um, good episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Again, I, I don't have the emotional attachment to it that I have for something like Tiger Millionaire or Giant Woman, but... Or Shorty Squad. Was it Too Short to Ride that you really liked? Oh yeah, I love Too Short to Ride. That was great stuff. Something tells me that you are very short in real life, JC. Three feet tall. Was <laughs> just as big as my engineer made me. Yep, I'm the size of Steven. Anywho, uh, until next week, join us then. We'll be talking about the newest Stephen Bomb, which will be released on the Cartoon Network app on Friday. So make sure to get that, get access to the whole bomb before it even starts airing. We'll be talking about it next Monday. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.